Hey friends, Stevie Taylor here. Welcome to episode 46 of the Gig Life Podcast. 46, oh man. You know, my first goal was to get to 10 episodes, and then once I got that, I set a goal of 50. So it's, it's looking pretty good. Yeah, if it wasn't for you guys checking it out and uh, listening to those episodes, it would be hard to be motivated to to go out uh, and, and do this stuff every week. Um, so again, thank you very much for that. I hope you've checked out the new website, www.thegiglifepodcast.com. Uh, it's got everything there. It's got a news section. It's got the episode section, all the social links and that kind of stuff, uh, all the show notes to every episode. <clears throat> oh, pardon me. Got a bit of a cold at the moment. This winter, winter's kind of really hit Sydney these, this last week. So uh, struggling a bit, but, you know, all good. I'll be okay. I'll be okay. Sorry, yeah, the website. So, um, yeah, I'll just go and check it out. Uh, you don't want to hear me waffling on about that that stuff, so uh, go and check it out. Okay, uh, this episode is part two of the GigLive podcast, Bass Players Roundtable, and the conclusion of that. So uh, please sit back and enjoy. Welcome to part two of the Gig Life Podcast, Bass Players Roundtable. If you haven't heard episode one, please go back and check it out. So part two features Adam Ventura, Victor Rounds, Darwin Martinez, Mark Costa and Christian Attard. Check out the show notes um, and the website for a little bit more information on these guys. So some of the topics we discussed today were the biggest challenges to playing on live TV, social media and its effects on musicians, managing downtime when the work is slow, the most challenging part of being a bass player and a few other things. So this one starts with Christian dialing in from LA on his way home from a gig and we kind of roll it from there. So I really hope you enjoy part two and the conclusion of the Gig Life Podcast Bass Players Roundtable 2019. So please give it up for Adam, Victor, Dalano, Mark and Christian. Cheers. Go with them and see how far they go. Here he is. It's a call. Oh. Uh, it's it's coming stereo now. I'm just eating a taco now. Gig's over. Hungry. Oh, Atad. Hang on. Hello. Hang on. Oh, I heard a hello. I hear you. Yeah, hi. Are you there? Yeah, hello. yep. Yep, can you hear us? Bro. Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, cool. How are you guys? Yeah, good. Good, man. <laughs> so I hope you guys are all good. Sorry, it's not saying hi before. Yeah, we're good, man. How are you? This is Mark here. How you doing? Yeah, oh, cool. Mark, how are you, man? Yeah, yeah good, good, mate. Yeah. I feel good. Excellent. Fantastic. Ooh. Hey, Christian, this is Victor. Oh, hey, Victor. How are you, man? I'm good, dude. Long time no see. Yeah, man, absolutely. Can't keep up with where you are, man. One minute you're here, next oh, minute man. you're there. That's awesome, <laughs> yeah. mate. That's good. Yeah, I've been going back a bit more now. It's been good. Oh, been good. Enjoying being good on you, man. More. I hope to see you one of these times. For sure, for sure. Hey, Christian, yeah. it's Adam, bro. Can you bring me a taco over, bro? <laughs> <laughs> I bet you had one tonight, too, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think I'm going to get one on the way home. Oh. <laughs> Jealous. <laughs> How are you, Christian? Is it, this is Dauno. It's not responding. Make... <laughs> <laughs> What's that? <laughs> he didn't respond. He just heard my name. He went, I ain't talking to he, him. He ignored he's you, not, he's not, It's all right. I ignore <laughs> him too. Dauno, <laughs> Dauno. <laughs> <Dono. laughs> That's all right. I, I don't often hear what you say most of the time, so it's all right. It's mutual <laughs> respect, my brother. <laughs> cool, man. Okay, we'll get into the next qu- next question. So, and and you you can kick this answer off, Christian. Um, so you guys have all played TV. You've all played TV, right? So, what is the biggest challenge? In the TV environment, so Christian, do you want to start start with this one? Oh, okay, yeah. Um, 
fuck, I don't know. For me, just it's more of the biggest challenge for me is just, I don't know, just getting used to um, sort of getting comfortable with being sort of like in that position where you're like in a, in a live TV situation you now where you can't really mess up, you know. So that takes a minute. And um, I think the more you do it, the more you sort of get used to it. But um, it's definitely... It's definitely a different, it's a whole different thing. And also, the other thing I've got to say is there's a lot of stopping, I mean, stuff I've done, probably different, everyone's probably done different stuff, but there's a lot of waiting around. That That's what does my head in. That's the hardest yeah. thing for me, keeping my head in it, you know, like when you stop it and start, stop, start. You know, like that, that's a whole different thing. Whereas normally we're used to sort of playing a gig and getting into it and sort of, you know, warming up a bit and then... Um, Sort of getting a flow going, it's sort of hard. But sometimes it's it, that's probably the difference. I mean, you sort of get used to it. But I've sort of gotten better at it, but that was that was definitely the hard. Those two things are the hardest for me at the start, you know. Adam, mm. mm. oh, I'm exactly the same. The, the the lead up, the lead up to the show is just dumb. Does your head in really does like sometimes because it's just hours and hours. And I mean, even if you're kind of engaged, like sometimes you like you have to rehearse things so many times, and and you can you just you just feel like you're peaking way too early, and then you actually get to the the shoot, and it's just like, man, I did this like eight times ago, and it was really good then. And, you know, you just burnt out, you know. So I I totally agree with that. That's kind of the main thing. And but at the same time, the expectation is that you nail it. At the exact time when you need to nail it, basically, it's that's the there's no outside of that. It's like bang or go away kind of thing, you know. Yeah, I think with uh, TV too, it's you got to deal with. There's a couple of factors. You got to deal with TV people, like producers and floor directors who have no idea about music, but they've got a concept. So they, they obviously came up with that concept. So, uh, which kind of leaves you just to your music so you concentrate on your music and for me uh, doing TV in the past which I did with uh, there was a show called Late Night Oz and we just rehearsed all these artists that came in from overseas you know Brian Ferry and uh, (coughs) the guy from uh, the Eagles I've forgotten his name now he's passed away well, Glenn Fry. Glenn Fry, you know, Martha Davis and Motels. That was really good but as they say in TV land it's like 95% boredom waiting around and then five percent of sheer terror where it's like you're on you know it's like <laughs> oh man all that good stuff we did yeah. at rehearsal hours ago and it's like i think i fucked up in that the live performance yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. just things like that so that yeah. kind of like either you you're happy or you're not happy about your performance yeah. you know yeah that's basically tv land you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. yep don't I? absolutely i'm getting just uh well Looking good. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's important. Yeah. You got to look good, man. You got. You, got, you know, I, I made a I made a huge mistake on on uh, weekend sunrise. I, I was on weekend sunrise for nine months, I think, every weekend, mm. and um, I made a huge mistake. I I went to the chorus of this or the bridge of this song. And I, I sent me tone out on. I did that. I did that. But I only that that happened because the song was uh, they changed the key of the song. And then when I went to that section, I went to the original key the of the song. Key. Ah man, so that that was bad. But um, uh, the 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 TV thing as far as that experience was um. Staying awake, like at at five a.m., you know, you got to get up, you know, and all that stuff, and being awake for the whole time, you know, and oh, the coffee, the coffee, and the weekend, and then you got the gig, and then you get up again, and you do it all by the by Monday, man, you're fried, you know, just just uh, yeah, but um, I, I like the pressure of it. I like the pressure of of, of you know trying to nail something. It's, I think it's really cool. And having a good MD like we we had Daryl MD, he would be on the on. He had a separate microphone, and he would say, 
here comes the the bit. god mic. Yeah. yeah, here comes yeah. the the god. Is that what it's called? Yeah, the god. The It's like Dano, don't fuck up. <laughs> oh, by the way, we've changed the key. Now it's cool. Two, three, four. Oh. Help! <laughs> don't forget, you can always slide on the neck. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah, that old trick, huh? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's good. That's a universal language, man. Yeah. I'll pass it over to the maestro now. Okay. Um, I've been lucky to have two stints on TV. I, the, my first regular stint on TV was on the Midday Show. I was in that Jeff Harvey band for about two years mm. and uh, got to read a lot of music and, and do all that. And then I did the Australian Idol thing, of course. That went for seven years. Um, and the guys are absolutely right. The waiting around, that can be really does your head in and also sort of, you know, the whole thing of being on when it comes to the performance, the live performance. I mean, I'm, there was countless times where I thought, oh, the fifth camera rehearsal was the best take. <laughs> you know, the live one wasn't. Um, but um, I will tell you a little story that happened to me on Idol. Um, I think it was like the th- either the third or the fourth year. I remember I was suffering from um, um, anxiety. Which, I, which came as a complete surprise to me because I was like suddenly, you know, when we, the red light will come on, I would just kind of like just feel that my, this whole anxiety kind of occur throughout my body, you know, and then, you know, I couldn't move my hands and, and I'd be getting all these, these mental thoughts about, oh, don't, you know. Doubt. You know, yeah, the doubt. That's right, the self-doubt, you know. Oh, you can't do this or you've got two million people, you know, watching you and you're going to stuff up. You know, all that yeah, yeah, yeah. and and yeah, yeah, absolutely, and and you know, and it's terrible. But you know, you that if anyone encounters that, you just got to breathe. You know, just take deep breaths, and you just got to base. You basically got to get yourself into a zone where it's like it's almost like it's live. It's in the moment. You know, let it. If you make a mistake, let it go. You know, don't sort of let it uh, let it undermine your performance. You know. Mm. Um, and but that that kind of it was a, a, a kind of a thing. I remember talking to Leon Gare about it, um, you know, because yeah, he's a dear friend to all of us. And um, you know, and I sort of said to him, oh, Leon, you know, gee, I'm suffering from this sort of stuff, you know. And I think what was happening in my personal life, there was like I was doing a lot of work and I wasn't getting a lot of sleep, and you know, I wasn't looking after myself and all that sort of stuff. And I think that all kind of came and played in into the whole thing, you know. So. Um. Yeah. I. Th- so th- there. W- there was that thing, and thankfully it passed. You know, after I'd sort of like started to look after myself a little bit and and all that. But I don't think you ever get used to it. You know, like I mean, it's 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 always there's that pressure. Even sessions, same thing. I still like when that red light's on. I still kind of like feel. <gasps> you know, that the, you sort of like you take the big draw the big breath in, and it's just like you know, and you can feel the adrenaline surging and, and, and through your body and all that sort of stuff. And I think that that's actually a kind of a good thing because that's the kind of thing that kind of keeps you alert. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like you, you probably get your, your, your all your senses are heightened, and you just sort of like you just, you know. I I, I I admire guys who can say that they sort of like do session after session. It's just like you know you check their pulse, and it's like you know almost flatline. Mm. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're lying. Yeah, yeah they're lying. That's yeah. right. Exactly. Yeah. That that's not that's not me. You know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the, the pressure of live TV. You know, and I mm. think a lot of it is. Your own, yeah, you created demons. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because at the end of the day, of course, you don't have want to make mistakes all the time. But we all make mistakes here and there. Yeah. You know, I could probably tell you three or four that come to my mind. You know, but but you just yeah. sort of like just do your thing and cover it up, and you know, you, your recovery from those mistakes is actually the the art. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So yeah, our yep. version of mistakes yeah. is like a is is also like our level of what we consider a mistake exactly. is probably not what a lot of other people hear as well. Yeah. After a while you go, you're picking apart, you're picking apart, you know, the most minute kind of thing. Like I was just off on that thing. Yeah. Like, I feel like um, bass playing it sort of comes with this uh, thing of like we need to be without, uh, with like completely like the, the absence of doubt at all times. That's like yeah. our job is to be like super like, Bang, it's right here, right now, on the one, you know what I mean, supportive, there for everybody straight away, which is what I was sort of saying before in terms of the MD thing. It's what I think bass players are my good MDs because you feel like you know like where everything has to land. Exactly. We are the kind of – we are the like the, the spot where it lands, yeah. you know. And, I, and you know, that – 
that having the absence of any doubt whatsoever is can be harrowing if there is doubt because it's just completely your mind's come like yeah. oh my god I don't I don't really know but you so fuck it you know and I'll yeah. I'll just jump in anyway you know what I mean sometimes yeah. you just take a leap of faith because you know that it's going to land and you know yeah, like you got to get fine. doubt out of your mind you know yeah uh, totally different to the recording studio recording studio at least we can can we stop and start <laughs> yeah, again, yeah, do it again. Yeah. but you know it's one chance only on live TV yeah. and you know that's it and man how many times have we gone home and we've just wanted to kick ourselves because it's not I fucked up in that last verse or something mm. you know those moments that, but for us when we're playing life they, they seem like they last forever mm. it's only yeah beep, it's and it's gone it's a fraction of a second gone and then you mm. ask your friends or family that have seen they said that was mm. the best performance yeah. and you, and you yeah. ask them it's like yeah. did you hear what I did <laughs> no we didn't even notice it yeah. so we've made a bloody big mountain yeah. out of a bloody yeah. you know, mole Christian Yanya said something oh sorry um, when you guys were doing the, the Dancing with the Stars thing, Yanya said that there was one finish that he was like half a beat out or something and that nobody would have heard it. That sounds like Yanya. killed him for that. Oh, we, we <laughs> heard that. ate him up. <laughs> oh, oh, everybody heard it, man. That was, yeah. Yeah. That was Phil, man. Actually, the phone was <laughs> running hot. <laughs> All the bass yeah, players yeah. were ringing up. The front page of News on News. That's his signature ending, man. Come on. Oh, oh Yanya, so, sorry, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't have brought that up, oh, man. Yanya's getting roasted. Oh, man. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I heard about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you do. You, those things. Those things. You don't. You don't actually hear those things. And you, you listen to it on the telly. Yeah. So yeah. You go. You don't hear that shit at that, all. That, that's you know? a, yeah. It doesn't actually kind of translate. And that's what I was saying yeah. to start with. Is it like what we hear and we go, oh god, that was just shit or yeah. bad run or mm. out out of time or whatever. For the most part, no one else is going to hear it. And then I've gone back and like you know gone back and listened. What's the recap on? Yeah. Telling God, oh man, there's, there it is. It's coming. It's oh, didn't fucking hear yeah. it. That's right. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then I was going, yeah. what do I? What was, it yeah. did my head in for three hours or four hours until I actually got home. Yeah, yeah. And he just beat himself. Up. Yeah, yeah. And then I got there and was like, oh shit, you can't even hear it. Actually, what about uh, the one that I like is, um, you know, when you tape yourself, you think, oh man, I played great, and then you hear the mix back, and you go, where am I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great, they didn't oh, hear yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I wanted yeah, to ask you a question, mixes. Christian. I wanted to ask it you. Uh, yeah, yeah. I want to ask you a question. Remember back in 19, I think, 99 maybe. 1999 when you got the Human Nature gig. Remember that? Was it 1999 or 2001 oh, yeah. or 2001 maybe? Wasn't it? Yeah, I did. I think it was around. I don't know. I think okay. it was maybe 2000. Do you, rem- do you remember? But I, do, I only did a couple of gigs. So. Right, but do you remember yeah. you, you were telling me that because you were – somewhat insecure about going to do a television performance you went to speak to oh, that was Leon. my first one you went to speak to leon gay remember that yeah tell us about my that first one. Oh man i haven't thought about that since then <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i think <laughs> i've got to remember what happened yeah i think i think what happened is i got a call from daryl to do a um TV performance. I'd never really done it, anything like that before, so I was a bit sort of freaked out. Um, and it was with Human Nature. It was just one song, I mean. And, uh, yeah, Leon Leon used to be, you know, I used to learn from Leon. He was really sort of awesome teacher and amazing guy to talk to and good friend. And, uh, yeah, I just remember sort of, I think I called him up or did I go see him? Or you went see him. He to remember this more than I do. But I think I went to go, I think I went to see him or maybe I went to just hang out with him or something. But uh, yeah, he just he just basically said, you know, you're ready for this. This is great. You know, he told me to write everything out and um, learn the song and we went through it. And it was more just like a thing for my in my own head, I think, that I needed to think I, um, I'm cool I, to do it, you know. Because I think I was only like, or something like that. Or yeah, you're a young cat. Anyway. I, yeah. I, I have to say yeah. goodbye right now. i got to go. 
Are you got to go? Yes, sir. Okay. You got to go. It's been really, really nice to talk to your, 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 um, my good friends. Oh, I love you all. You guys, have, I've, I've, I've admired every single one of you, uh, Victor and Mark and Adam and Christian and Steve and Bobby. You guys are all great, great musicians, and I really admire you guys. I, I, I was a young man when I used to go and watch these two cats play, Victor mm. and, and, and and Mark, and uh, and uh, I got to know. Um, Adam in I met Adam in uh, Melbourne for the first time and I realized that I looked at him, I think that's my friend he's my friend and Christian Christian was a guitarist in a band that I joined before that gig before in the 90s I, I he was the guitarist in the band he was a great guitarist and I, I was the bass player and we became friends through that and Bobby I met not long ago hmm. but uh, I just want to say that all you guys are awesome and I really admire each and every one of you, you guys are uh, really my teachers and, and I give a shout out to Leon Gare as well. Thank you, Dano. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, bro. I must say, I must go. <laughs> yeah. I love you, Christian. Take care of yourself, man. See you later, bro. And listen, I look yeah, forward to, to your hair products, man. I, 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 <laughs> really, like, I'm really interested to know what you use. So am I. I waiting for that time. <laughs> I'll be waiting for that <laughs> Take care. Don't oh, no, thanks man. so much, man. Thanks so much, brother. Thanks. Steve, Steve, Steve. Have a good one, man. Yeah, See you, bro. Let's you, bro. Take it easy. Have a good gig. All the best, bro. Cheers, bro. Now he's gone. All right. We start talking about that. Then there was three. Now back to four. Now it's back to four. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, so next question. Um... How do you guys manage the down periods when it's the work slow? Um, oh, I get depressed, man. <laughs> <laughs> I go to alcohol yeah. and drugs, man. No, no, no. <laughs> Actually, that, that is a very, very good question. I reckon that's a very good question because, yeah, it is, it's hard because it's like, you know, you you got this down period and I would like to think that, you know, it's not something that you want to have is the down period, but it's just forced upon us. And just trying to kind of like keep yourself motivated and keep yourself ahead of the game and, and staying on sharp, you know what I mean? So what I try to do is I, I just try to yep. keep my head in music, like listen to music and, and you know, talk to mu- about music to my friends and, um, you know, and, and learn more about music, you know. I find that I have the most intense practice periods and I'm the world's worst practice person. Um, but I do have intense periods where, you know, it's like, okay, well, I don't have to sort of like, you know, I can kind of clear my mind and sort of work on something that I've been meaning to do, you know, or practice, you know, a Jarko thing or whatever, you know, or check something out or whatever. So that's what I tend to do in, in the down periods. Um, I prefer to be working, <laughs> um, you know, because obviously, you know, Sydney's a very expensive place to live, make money and all that. Um, but, you know... I think it's important to kind of like keep yourself focused, you know. And, and but you know, the, the industry is very competitive, you know. I mean, look, I mean, it's, it's just even here. I mean, you've got these five, six bass players and we're all kind of like jockeying for the same work kind of thing, you know. So, and we're all different and all that. And I think it's like, you know, these down periods can, you can sort of, can reassess, okay, well, what do I need to do to kind of like, you know, improve what I'm already doing or reinvent myself, you know, so... Oh, no, I'm just babbling now, I think. No, no, it's good. <laughs> good answer. You're spot no, on. Good point, man. Go, Chris. Spot on, absolutely. Yeah, I was just going to say, for me, like, I, I, I just go into, like, because I always have projects that I'm working on, like writing stuff, like my own things or working with other people's writing. So I just start writing a lot. Um, and also, like, much of, like, practicing. I get into, like, spending as much time as I'd like to practice. Know, where normally you know you're learning a bunch of songs or you have to be here or fly here or go there you know like it's like it's nice to, it's actually I although you, you know in your head you're, you're always, it's natural for you to stress you know if mm. you're not working but mm. it's actually it actually can be relaxing too like, I, for me over here like it's, it's always around like this time or like just after like around sort of April and stuff like that there's not much not a lot of stuff going on and I sometimes I start sort of freaking out like I don't have any tours or anything for summer or I'm not doing this you know and then by the time it comes to June, July I'm, I've got I'm so I'm normally so busy I'm like what the hell was I freaking out about you know what I mean like but it's just that it's getting 
getting through those couple of months and I think it just goes in waves, you know, you just got to get used to it and enjoy it. I don't know, I've been telling myself to enjoy that sort of time where you don't have a whole bunch of stuff going on. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I just, I, I end up just writing and, and, and like, you know, just practicing and working on stuff. Staying busy with music, just keeping your head, not, not sitting around pressing my wife in the phone. I've never, never really kind of been that guy that, Things like, oh, I mean, I've got to call someone to get work, or I've got to I'm start freaking out. Like, I, I, I sort of do internally, but I haven't. Like, I just, I just end up sort of trying to stay inspired. But, you know, sometimes it's hard to depend. But um, yeah, that's kind of where my take on it. Mm, awesome, yeah. awesome. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you, Christian. Um, I, I don't have that personality to uh, jump on social media and um, to say, hey, guys, I don't, I'm not working this weekend, you know, big shout out. <laughs> it's like uh, yeah, yeah. It, it sort of depends on your, your, your personality, your character as such, you know. Bass players aren't really that very good at selling themselves. You know what I mean. We kind of base ourselves, we base ourselves on our reputation, and we just hope to Christ that the phone rings. You Mm. know, but you know, having said that, I'm sure other instrument players are like that. We do, we do tend to find ways of filling in the downtime, and like you said, like Mark said. You know, we get involved in projects, we start writing stuff, we collaborate, uh, practice, uh, exercising, cooking, you know, just for me, like if it's summertime, I just go down the beach and I get so inspired, man, after a session of just surfing. You come out and you go, man, I'm ready to tackle the world. And uh, even knowing that you don't have a gig coming up, you just feel good about yourself. And when you go home, funny enough, the phone rings and it's like, man, you're working this weekend? No, great. It's almost like you're, you're giving up to the universe and the universe is looking after you. If, you. if you look after the universe, the universe will actually pay you back in some way or form. You yeah, know? It doesn't have to be gig. It could be something interesting, but it takes your mind away from the, 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 the fretting of like, man, I don't have any gigs or whatever. But you might get something else that's kind of unusual. And before you know it, like Christian said, man, this next month's just full. My book's just filled up, you know. What was I complaining about, you know? So um, I think we are the best survivors of down periods in the music industry. I I guess I can say the same thing about drummers and guitar players or every other musician for that fact. But... I always say, I mean, jokingly, I say to all my my mates and compadres, I said, we're like bloody cockroaches, mate. You know, we've been through so many economic downturns and, and upturns and whatever. You know, we just come out of the rubble, dust ourselves <laughs> down and go, right, where's the next gig? You know, yeah. you know, get me a gig or whatever. <laughs> but, you know, we, we, have a, we have a good sense of... Um, you know, just... Uh, survival. Survival, we do, yeah. And then we don't take it too seriously. You, you can't take this too serious, really. It uh, doesn't matter what industry you're in, you, you can't take it that serious, man, because, yep. you know, there's more to life than music. Yep. Actually, just following what Victor's yeah. just said, a f- one phone call changes everything. Yeah. It, it yeah. really does, doesn't it? You know, you could be feeling down about it, yeah. stuff, and I felt like it, and then suddenly I'll get a phone call, and it's just like, then everything yeah. changes. You, it's like your a medicine. Bit, yeah, someone's yeah. giving you a, a pill. Here, yeah. here's the phone call. Bing. Yeah. Okay, maybe a shitty gig, but it's a gig. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then before you know, there's a flow on, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, well, exactly. life's not too bad. You know, I'll still, I won't hang the bass up. I'll just still have it out there on the stand. You know, mm. stuff like that. But there's so much shit for us to do. Yeah. In the downtime. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Being being, um, proactive is the key, I think, like whether that's playing or getting in there. I I find I never used to stress too much about the downtimes because I was too busy partying and stuff, but um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) we're going to be honest about it. More time to party. Yeah, right. um, um, That's a serious fact there. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) that's right. You know, it's easy easy to take part in in that and, yeah, you can fill up a lot of time. Doing that sort of stuff, days even. Um, but I, 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 you know, I'm a family man now, and I've got a couple of kids, and and now the downtime is actually actually brings me a fair amount of anxiety. Like I kind of like I don't like it at all. And like what Vic said, I, like I, I don't know about you know 
many people who are amazing at the social media hustle in terms of like not working this week, not working that way. But I had to sort of swallow a, a lot of pride and I definitely have had to throw lines out. But I'll do it old school. I'll go, I'll go, to, I'll go out to gigs and I'll go and say, hey, and people will go come up and have a hit and people go, oh, what are you doing? I'll say, I'm actually pretty quiet. I'll actually do it old school. You know what I mean? I'd rather, I'd rather do it that way than, than sort of just, just do this online thing like, oh, just sit on my couch, bored, and, mm-hmm. and just put a, put a message out to the world. I know that's how this, the world operates now. I, I get it. But I just, it's just something about that feels really weird. Yeah, and and I I, I, will no, I think sing. it's a better vibe what you're doing. Yeah, because it, it actually and 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 exactly what what you guys said. You know, you sitting going fuck. You know, yeah. it's really quiet and what, you know how am I going to pay the pay the rent? And and then you know I go out. I just go out to maybe some jam session or mm. or some somebody's gig. And I you know I actually just go and see people that I want to see and mm. stuff. And literally within a, a couple of days, the phone yeah. rings. And there's that's a gig the proper there. way because you, you're physically making contact rather yeah. than sitting on your ass you yeah, know yeah. just letting your fingers do all the, the absolutely walking you know and it takes it takes it you know yeah, it kind totally. of makes, makes me feel like it's a, a, a lot more of a solid effort yeah. Yeah. than just sort of let my fingers do you, the you, talking you, yeah, yeah. you can't be someone you're not you know what I mean like nah. I mean so you, you can't suddenly put on the hat and go oh I'm gonna have to you know get on Facebook and you know because yeah. I, I feel uncomfortable doing that and I don't yeah. sleep at night yeah. doing that so yeah. I, I'm like you I just yeah. you know if you go out and go out to a gig and it's all about you know being you know, yeah, seeing networking, yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. reminding people like, oh, and then people go, oh yeah, yeah. Mark, wow, saw him the other night. You know, maybe you, you become in their thought process. That's exactly you know. how. It and works. then they go, oh well, I'm yeah, looking for a base. Yeah. yeah, sorry, mate, go ahead. Oh, I no, I, I just found the same thing. Like you're sort of freshly in their in their head when they yeah, think of fresh exactly. in their minds, someone, yeah. you know, base or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Sorry, I think there's a bit of delay. That, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, all good. No, it's all good, mate. Well, that that kind of answers one of the questions too. Was like, um, what sort of role does social media play? I think you guys have pretty think, much answered that. Yeah. <coughs> well, um, some people. Well, if you if you want to expand, there's a, there's a there's a there's another level of it, and I think it's like the the musician that that presents themselves quite fully. It's like a pretty big thing now, and I've. Mm kind of struggled with the idea of it. I know, Christian, you're pretty good at it actually, bro, in, con- in the context of your own original projects, um, that musicians can actually, you know, they, they are seen online probably more than anything now and there's, you know, there's sort of players out there and that we can present um, that we're more than we are sometimes on some of these things, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's kind of strange to kind of observe it, it, these very like sh- shitty musicians out there, kind yeah. of, mm. kind of presenting like they're killing life. But you know, and that sounds like a bitter old dude sort of saying it. But like, I kind of sometimes I'm like, well, are we are we actually? Is the music the focus, or is popularity the focus? Yeah. And and like, we're still backline music. We're still like, we're the musicians at the back. We're not the front people. And yeah. I just <laughs> this whole kind of. Like you know, I mean, everyone's sort of gunning for their endorsements and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I do the same thing. You know, um, you know, you got to put put your things out there because they want to see, they want visibility when they want to. You want to get some gear, or you know, maybe you haven't got enough money to kind of pay for it. They're offering you a deal on something, so you go, okay, I'm going to yeah. do this. This is mainly the reason why I kind of go in for that stuff. Yeah, but. Um, you know, it's really is it's kind of there's a really blurry line where you got people that are, you know, really kind of like putting up this putting up their best life on yeah. online, and mm. and then I'm not quite sure if it's really hanging in there. I think in, it's in, kind of like the new approach now. It is. The new I, approach, I feel yeah. uncomfortable about it, but I I have to go along with it. Mm. We I all like, do. Yeah, I have to create a website. I have to yeah. give something out there. Otherwise, people will go. Oh, I met so and so the other night. What, can you, how do you get in touch with him? Just Google his name or some, yeah, yeah. some shit like that. Um, I mean, we have to learn a lot from our American brothers because um, I mean, Christian, you would notice in America. I mean, the locals there—they're very good at selling themselves. You know, totally. Whether they've got something to offer or not, you know, it's like the bullshit talks and the bullshit walks. <laughs> but then you just—you get found out when you yeah. actually when you actually have to deliver, and it's like, yep. oh man, yeah, the bullshit really worked there. Yep. You know. Um, it's something that we have to yeah. swallow here, you know, when we're in, in, in Australia. And it's uh, it's the old tall poppy syndrome where we just have to discard that completely and just go, look, at the end of the day, it's all about number one, which is you. 
your, the individual person. So, mate, if you want to go somewhere, you have to work. You have to get off your button and sell yourself if you have to. But, you know, people do believe you and your credibility because they know what you do and what you've done and all that. And it's not like you're like, oh, man, this is real cheesy. You know, it's like, no, man, I'm just, I'm in the flow. I've got to get in the flow as such and, and not say, oh, I'm doing this gig, I'm doing that gig, and I've got six gigs this week. And I'm just, oh, fuck, man, give me a break. You know? <laughs> you got to add the, you got to, I mean, you, you know, you show your wares, but you don't show your, your, uh, your underwear. <laughs> show your wares, but not your underwear. And make sure that it's clean yeah, underwear. It's, it's but a big it's, difference. Yeah, and exactly. you know, and so you know, if you, if I think you, it can be done. Like, yeah, I think it can be done in a tasteful way. Yes, you know, absolutely, like, mate. Yeah. It's got to be tasteful. You know, like yeah, like you know, if, if some you people do music. it where it's like you just you just want to sort of go, oh man. You I know, mean, like, and then other people. It's it, it, there's one thing I think there's one thing about getting music out there and being sort of proactive and online and and you know doing you know just because you want to like get things out there and and you know just staying active and it's a whole nother sort of like thing that to explore but there's also a way where you know you can sort of do things in and be a little bit too open you know but I think it comes down to what what I just said like taste maybe for me you know like um but uh I think I, I don't know I mean it's it's it can be a good and a bad thing yeah. I think some people and, and and the other thing for me I've found is I've played with some people that have got really big social media following, like guys that have blown up on like Instagram or whatever. Then I've played with them, and they're not really—they're—they're used to playing in their bedroom a lot. They're not—they don't really interact well with different socially, yeah, yeah, musically, and that's another whole thing now. There's all these guys sponsorships and like all these, like most of the big companies now. That most of their like the things they're giving out, like a lot of the sponsorships they give out it to, to these sort of um, internet musicians, which is a whole other thing, but, which it is, is cool too because, you know, there's been some amazing people that have come out of that world, but there's also, like, you know, yeah, a lot, of, also, a lot of shit's not, gone through, yeah. Yeah, it's not like, it's, it's, they're coming from a different place where they're not, a lot of them aren't really out there interacting and True. really sort of playing music with with people but um but i don't know man i mean it's yeah yeah it's it's the whole nother world isn't it? whole nother world but you know like i don't mind you know adapting to it i think i have adapted to it and i'm just riding with it but um you know i i don't have six gigs a week to post on on facebook this week and then next week i've got nothing i just like hey guys i had six gigs oh how about next week uh, uh, silence. I don't really want to post all those gigs either. You know, like, yeah. So, yeah, I'm yeah, but, a wedding, great. Yeah, I mean, just to post gigs is is not. I don't know. It's a hard one. It's mm. um, I, I'm, yeah. Christian. I'm I'm just referring mainly to Sydney because you know um, there's hardly any, any gigs. I mean, I could be wrong. I mean, no. Look, no. Take it back. There are gigs out there. It's just for the invi- the individual who's actually making a complaint or mm. or whatever. But uh, you know, it's like you like the previous question. What do you do in your t- downtime? Well, that's what you know, we do. Other things, you know. Yeah. It's not so much your success in in work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. just everything yeah, else. You know, actually, a really it. smart thing for m- most of us older musicians, and I say that respectfully, mm-hmm. um, is that we should actually either do a business course or learn more about business. You know, because the industry has changed about. You know, it's it's changed. The business model of the music industry has changed. Mm. And it's all those people who are smart and kind of keep themselves abreast of whatever social media, oh, yeah. you know, the strategy, the keywords, given the search yeah. engine optimization, all that sort of stuff. I wouldn't have a clue what all that is. Mm. But there are, you know, these young people who are like really um, in music schools or, or, you know, have great teachers or whatever, they're, they're just really savvy with all that stuff, you know. You look at their Instagram and, and all that and they're all kind of – very proactive and yeah. you know and, and kind of like fresh and then you, they, they sort of create this kind of like this vibe around them like wow they must be really busy or they're, they're, they're the in-demand thing or whatever mm. you know and, and and I think that's a real art in that and I, I respect that actually because that's something that I'm not you know and mm. I, I wish I had more of that um, but I think that's a, that's a, that's a thing that, that can be learned mm, you know um, just to sort of like you know b- being a great musician 
is only part of the equation of actually being successful in the music industry. Mm, absolutely. You know, there's all this other stuff that needs to be done yeah, as well. Totally. The networking. You know, a funny thing, like back even back in, in, in my day, in Victor's day, networking was still a major thing. You know, going to the All Nations Club or the old basement and stuff like that and all the musos all around and you're kind of like, hey, how you doing? And and then you're sort of like, you know, being seen and, and you or you're being seen in the hot band or whatever like that and then work would sort of like kind of snowball from that. That's where I met Paul Pooley for the first time at the basement. At the Me basement, too. Right. He was yeah, a regular, yeah, he was a regular, he did the graveyard shift yeah, every wow. Saturday night. That's he used right. to go down just like a marvel, you know. Yeah. yeah. Right, the right. likes of him and Phil Scorgy. Yeah. I, I was yeah. a face in the crowd, you know, wishing so that I'd get up there one day. For about five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I used to, just to face in the crowd and just go, man, I wish I was up there grooving, mm-hmm. you know. When Paul came to town, yeah. he was like playing, when I saw him, he was playing with Andrew O, yeah. and then he then suddenly he was like the guy, and yeah, then he right. was like playing with um, Jim Kelly's band, and then he was playing yeah. with Crossfire. Yeah, and Renee as well, I think he did. He, as well, man, yeah. he, he blitzed it over here, and he yeah. was just like, he had the killer sound, great player, you know. Yeah. He's, he's a, Love him. He's probably one of the most amazing bass players I've ever seen. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. And I hear he's like all over the tree now. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sickening. Yeah, very much yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I remember, I mean, I definitely started up in a time though, very much um, where you'd go to gigs and you'd meet musos and you'd go to gigs that you liked and meet the musos that you liked because you wanted to play with that kind of musicians. You actually had the options to do that in Perth and, and, and more so in Melbourne where you'd go, oh, man, I love this music, I love what these guys do, and I go, then you've got to hang with them. Sometimes they were assholes to you if you're no one, you know, mm. or sometimes they were super cool and next minute you'd be jamming or filling in with them on this, this gig yeah. or the other gig and, mm. you know, the physical act of being present and addressing the music and the fact that all of us have to be sort of business managers and social media managers and and also get be really good at playing. Apparently the playing thing doesn't really matter as much mm. these days. You yeah. can be really good at business and your social media and all that side and not actually have to play that well. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, for me, the music is always the utmost importance and if that's... If I'm to sort of take on that social media thing, which has to, that is the new way, that is the new yeah, way, you, I want to present the music, and which is, yeah. I feel, what you do, Christian. You're pretty awesome at it. You guys, you guys put down the music that you're playing, mm. and it sounds fat. Brah. I can't wait. For, like every week, I can't wait for that Instagram yeah, post. Man. Yeah, man. yeah, that. Oh, man. Oh, it's cool, I love it. Man. It's great. Thanks, cool. So, <laughs> yeah, okay, guys. No, cool. Yeah, last question. Oh. Um, oh, I don't want it to end. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, last yeah. question of part one. No, no. <laughs> yes, one of yeah. twenty-three yeah, yeah. podcasts. Um, now this is this is one Mark you wanted to talk a little bit about, and I, I'm I'm sure you guys want to talk about it too. But what is the specific area of playing the bass? We're not talking about getting gigs or social media and stuff um, that you found the most challenging, like either soloing or speed or groove or feel. So, Mark, you want to start with this one? Oh, okay. Mm. <laughs> I would like uh, – well, I, I think that probably the most difficult area for me to get my head around is soloing. Um, and I think it's probably because uh, I just have a fear of it. <laughs> when they go bass solo, you know, I just kind of That's feel – That's the anxiety thing, is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah right. I think I, I just kind of like <gasps> – what do I do? What do mm. I play? You mm. know, and I think it, it kind of crippled me for many years, actually. I don't feel too bad about it now. You know, I'm more comfortable in my own skin and, you know, and I, you know, I'm able to kind of like just sort of like take a deep breath and then just go for it. But it's it's hard to kind of switch from the bass brain into lead guitar or melodic brain or saxophone brain, you know what I mean? Or trying to make a, you know, beautiful musical statement or, or what I what I perceive in my head. You know, it, 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 to me, that's the hardest thing, you know, um, it, it's, it's that shift in gear, if you like, when suddenly you're the kind of the groove guy and da-da-da, okay, bass solo, and then you're trying to come up with something, you know, and, and, and I suppose part of the problem is because I listen to so many great bass players like, you know, Present Company and, and you know, guys on, on record who are, you know, Marcus Miller, Jarko, you know, everyone we've kind of talked about before, and I kind of think, oh, okay, well, I need to need to kind of match that somehow or need, you know, and sometimes I can't make that that shift, you mm-hmm. know. And, it, well, it's a difficult one mm-hmm. to, go, to go from bass player to suddenly, you know, 
soloist extraordinaire. Mm. Um, I think a, a good knowledge of harmony really, really helps, you know, and uh, I have a better knowledge of harmony um, now than way back then. So, you know, I can sort of like string together, you know, look at the kind of like chord or a chord progression and kind of like go, okay, well, these notes sound good over that progression, you know, and I can kind of eke out something, you know. Mm. Um, but for me, that's that's probably been the, the, the difficult thing. The other thing is also keeping my hands strong. Like I, I, I have a natural tendency, my right hand is actually a little weaker than my left hand. So I have to work a little harder to, you know, kind of, you know, with technical things to try to get my, my right hand to match my left left hand. You know the the, yeah. the sinking thing, yeah. so yeah, they're the they're the they're the two things. Cool, Adam. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I I obviously the soloing kind of demands uh, a facility across the instrument and uh, and an instinctual sort of you know like way you know that, that like oh, this is what i'm going to make my sound my instrument sound like when the whole band drops out like we were talking about before you know what mm. i mean like what are we going to do am i going to am i going to sort of punch on with the groove and do something with that or am i going to sort of break it down am i going to go melodic i'm going to high i'm going to go low you know there's all that stuff is pretty hard and, and just sort of maintaining the the chops that you kind of require to play maybe anything that comes into your head, that's an that's a whole other thing as well. To be honest, most of the gigs I do, there's there's not really that many bass solos. Although you know, like some of the gigs that I've, I'm doing, people are aware that I can I can solo, and that and then they give me a solo because they're like you know it, it can be in various situations you know, and I'll just have to kind of come up with something. I, I'm pretty comfortable with the the idea of soloing, um, probably. Because I sort of started out working pretty intensely on my chops when I was younger. Um, for me, the probably harder thing is like kind of connecting more with uh, like a chart, like keeping my reading together and and presenting and being onto it in that sort of sense. Like I had to. It was probably seventeen years from when I was at college to when I sort of picked up a, a big band gig in Sydney, like only a few years ago. That I had actually read, I've done maybe ten reading gigs, actual gigs where I got paid to read. Mm. Uh, over that over that seventeen years, I really didn't have to read music, and and um, I know reading something that you picked up later on, right, in in life, Victor. But I, I sort of started out reading fly shit, especially essentially, and I could, and I had monster chops, but I sort of realised it out in the gig scene that for the most part, I didn't actually. That really wasn't required of me. It wasn't a thing, you know what I mean? And I kind of kept it when I moved to Melbourne. I kind of kept it a little bit, not a secret. I just didn't let people know that I was a fully jazz trained, like I could, you know, that I was able to. Because I just wanted to kind of get out there and make people dance. And I wanted to sort of get my singing together. And I wanted to do it. I came from like being a, like a jazz cat in Perth to being just a dude that was out there trying to do gigs. I just wanted to play with natural kind of groovy musicians that, that, that made people happy and play with the Latinos. So, so, but reading really, really came into it. And so there was a lot of years where I didn't read. So now I'm sort of, that's, that gives me the heebie-jeebies is like, you know, like I was like, oh man, I look at a chart and it's just swimming until mm. like I have about 30 seconds to kind of like put it in line. Mm. And I go, oh, what am I, what am I freaking out about? It's just that sight reading thing. Yeah. And I, I, don't, I just don't – and I, I also kind of rejected the reading thing because I don't write – I memorise everything. I, I, I sort of write maybe a, a song list with the key and maybe the bridge change, but I'm trying to memorise everything. Like Bobby was saying, he memorises – he kind of tries to really internalise it all because I hate kind of looking down while there's a crowd there. I just don't – I don't feel engaged with the band or the audience when I'm with my head down. So I've kind of wrecked my own reading chops by doing that and then – and then when you get when you do get faced with someone throws something in front of you, you're doing a show or whatever. All of a sudden you're like, oh man, this is freaking me out. But fortunately, um, I got offered a gig in my in my local down in Marrickville, and uh, it was every Monday for a while, and it was pretty he- hectic charts. Like I was like, literally, there's still some of them to this day that I'm like, uh, they're so difficult that I'm like, well, maybe I'll just sit out this bit. <laughs> um, there's plenty going on, you know, but. Yeah. But like you know, like I, I, my, it actually helped my reading a lot. And um, funnily enough, like going into, I just did um, the Sydney Dancing with the Stars, the first one that's happened up here for Channel Ten, 
and it was all charts and it was totally fine. Like all of a sudden I'm like, oh, it's not a big deal. It's just something that you can kind of, there's yeah. things that you can kind of like lose track of, mm. you know, like little skills that, that, that are important, you know, to, to your work life pretty much, you know, and, you know, maybe I, I don't need to read as much or maybe you don't need to solo as much, you know what I mean? Like we, yeah. we just kind of, it, you just kind of go, oh, well, you know, and you can kind of let it slide and then, but then, you know, I kind of wanted, I wanted to be able to read. I thought, man, you know, 27, 28 years in and you used to read really well and now you, you, you kind of dodgy, you know, it was, it felt really dodgy, but now it's back to, it's back to kind of at least someone, you put something in front of me and I can go, yeah, sweet, I can do this now, but it's really a mental, you know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Anyway. Awesome. Question. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, that's, um, what what you guys said, both of those, was yeah, that's that's definitely two things for me, like reading and also the soloing thing. And I guess it's you know, you know, it's like what you said, Adam. It's just because you don't really, you know, you go through periods where you don't really have to do either quite like regularly, so you end up just sort of, they end up just sort of getting a little bit like something that oh yeah, I'll, you know. Much so then when it comes time to do it, you don't really feel comfortable about it. But I feel like um, for me too, I grew up reading and I played like as the one said, I played guitar, so I learned like treble clef more. So and then I had to switch to bass clef, and then that sort of got a little bit like oh man, you know what? It was a little bit different too. So there's that, and then I think even just doing the, the gig, like doing the voice last year, and there's a couple of other reading gigs I've had over here. Um, in the last couple of years, I feel like, um, you know, at first it was the same sort of thing. You're like, you look at a chart, you're like, what the hell's going on here? What, you know, you just sort of have a bit of a freak out sometimes. And then, then you sort of get used, the more you do it, the better you get at it. And I'm feeling a lot better about it now, you know? Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's definitely one thing. And the soloing thing's another thing. I mean, you get, you know, you sort of get in a, I mean, I'm mostly, I know I get in a zone where I'm just focusing more on, on the rhythmical, like the groove part of it, and and just sort of getting in that sort of, you know, flow of like a heartbeat kind of for the band and in the in the sort of, you know, just just focusing on groove more so. And then when it comes when someone turns around and goes, hey, bass solo or something, you're sort of like a little bit, whoa, wait, hang on, you know, it sort of throws you out of the whole thing. But I've been I've been when, my approach to it now is I've been I remember one thing I remember I was in I was on this gig one time and, and this it was, the, it was the, actually the guy was playing with Stevie Wonder and he he, he was a guitarist and he was talking about bass solos and he said I like Tino's bass soloing because everything he does he does it with a groove you know and it's not it's not like even if he plays a solo or even and I've been focusing on that like certain bass players I love um, their solos are, are really sort of still groove oriented so you it doesn't have to be this whole different departure from from what you're doing it can be melodically or whatever as well it can still have that sort of continuity of what you're already doing on stage you know so there's a whole different you know a bunch of different ways to approach it but um but yeah that's definitely one that that kind of um i know i've had to sort of work at as well and like you said, Mark, is it, you know, it, there's a lot to do with, um, it has a lot to do with harmony, your, your knowledge of harmony and just working on that. I've been working on that, you know, a lot more in the last, I don't know, five to whatever years, just trying to get, as you know, more and more of that under, under my belt with soloing and, and just practicing all sorts of stuff, just working on it all. And, um, yeah, another thing I, I'd have to say that I struggle with sometimes in gigs is, just keep it like being in like some I don't know some gigs I just feel like I struggle a little bit mentally just staying in the gig or you know sometimes you can you can your mind can just sort of start drifting out of it or you're not feeling like you're you know connecting that well with the with the gig and um and you know and then there's other gigs like I just played a gig on Friday where I just it felt amazing like I was like this is why I'm playing music you know and a lot of that is for me a, a big struggle has been switching my, my mind off on playing and just not thinking or stressing or anything like that because sometimes you get like a gig where 
you have to, you know, there's, there's so many things you've got to nail and you've got to do. No, I find I'm not really enjoying myself if I'm stressing myself out. And I think I only really sound good when I'm just like totally in the zone feeling it and, and you know, really genuinely enjoying it, you know? So I don't know if you guys have ever Absolutely. had that sort of a thing, like a, ment- like a mind thing, you know, where, you know, I think <laughs> we, I know, I know I'm playing my best when I'm not thinking or worried about things or, or my mind's not thinking about, oh, what's going, you know, I don't know. Absolutely. Um, yeah, mm. but that can be a challenge. Yeah, man. Your mind sometimes. Oh yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you, Christian. I, I've, I've sort of come from the opposite, and I actually just didn't get into any theory or anything like that. I just learnt music just using my ears and working out harmony that way. But uh, just getting to that that last point you mentioned about sometimes you just drift off into gig and it's like a gig because you you you're not really enjoying the gig so you start to just wander off, and the way for me to sort of get back into it is to actually force myself to like the gig, and uh, in kind of doing that it, it sort of made me enjoy the gig so. Um, that's how I've gotten around to it. But the two factors that the other bass players that all you guys have talked about is soloing and reading. I was quite happy to just play groove all my life. I just thought I was destined to be just a, a, a bassist for any band and just play the groove and nothing else. And then when Stanley came along and Jacko came along, it just freaked me out. It totally freaked me out. And I think we've all suffered from that where we just all spent time in our bedroom you know, day day after day, just shredding, trying to get into these players' minds and work out solos, and we all trying to sort of create a solo based around that. I did that for a bit. I'm guilty of that, but at the same time, something just hit me, made me aware, and it's like, you know what? I'm never going to be a Jacko. I'm never going to be a Stanley Clark, but I'm going to be as good as I can get. But just get ideas from them, and then just develop your own voice. And it's kind of like I stepped out of that bubble and just continued on, just on my journey in, in, in music, you know. And uh, but there was there was still something lacking, and that was my uh, just reading, like comprehend, comprehending uh, written music. So I basically uh, taught myself. I, I got a. I went to Mark actually, Mark Costa, and I got some tips off you. I remember you just yeah. writing simple rhythms, man. You know, four, eight, sixteens, and syncopated stuff. I actually went home and just learned all that stuff and started buying books with play-along CDs, which is the best thing that came out, you know. And, uh, you know, years down the track, it's like I'm writing bass charts and, you know, I'm, and unfortunately I just stuck to bass clefts. So it was like when somebody threw a triple <laughs> chart in front of me, it's like, oh, I'm not that old. <laughs> it's not. It's like, but, you know, you, after a while you learn, you know, how to sort of like transpose uh, with, you know, it's, it's quite easy. Um, so that really doesn't worry me anymore because my work only consists, you know, it's like 10% or 20% at the most of it is, is like required reading. The rest is like it's the stuff we all know and it's mm. the repertoire that's been around for years and there's new stuff and the new stuff that we have to go off and learn is, is a piece of cake because we can just give me a pencil and paper and then I'll start transcribing like we all do here. And we all have different ways of doing it. I've come across a lot of charts in Sydney where they've guys have actually known about the Nashville number system, you know, and I thought, oh, cool, yeah, you know. Everyone's pretty uh, hipped on to that sort of stuff. Uh I teach at the moment at uh, APGS, which is the Australian Performing Arts Grammar School, and I, I, I teach music ensembles with all their best students. And they can't believe that I can transcribe a piece of music just writing it down as they go. It's like, oh, my God, I've never seen anything like this. I mean, it's not fucking easy. You can hear a one, a four, a five, a six and all this, but for them it's new. You know, they say, how do you do it? How do you do it? I said, mate... Give yourself a few more years and it'll, the penny will drop, you know. Just get into the music. Just listen, just learn every key, every chord, every change, everything before you know, not just you guys as an instrument player, even drummers, percussion players, everybody should be doing that, you know. So, um, yeah, the, the theory side of things, I well, the writing side of things, I, I, I took that late in my, my life. 
but I'm quite comfortable with myself at the moment. Someone can throw me at me, like I can play any tune. Someone can say, take a solo. I said, fuck yeah, I'll, you know, I'll give it a go. Because I play, actually every day, I don't know about the guys, but I actually play the bass every day, mm-hmm. you know, mainly the acoustic because it's right there. It's, yeah. it's convenient. It's in the corner. You've seen it yeah, in yeah, my room. Yeah. So I just walk in that front door and just go straight to the bass and start playing. Awesome. Much to Joe's, like, oh, do you have to do it now? <laughs> yeah, it's all about just testing your, it's, yeah, it's just testing your theory and yep. you're just like and your relationship and the relationship. <laughs> yeah. Would you mind just bringing to the bedroom? Bro? I'm just going to play the bass. But you know things like that, and just having music in your in you know every day, even when we're watching telly, you know we test each other out. Says, oh, what's that key? Is that a G? I don't know. So I'll just run straight up and just pull the G string like a boo. Oh, G-string. Yeah. Cool. But, you know, it's like, you know, just stuff like that. It's mm. just music around. I've just learned to put up with the fact that I, I can't play my favourite music anymore in the house because of the, you've got to be silent. Mm. <laughs> and uh, well, we just play music physically, you know, like yeah. the bass and, and just disappear in the room and turn on the studio and play stuff with headphones and stuff like mm. that, you know. End of story. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well... Adam Ventura, Victor Rounds, Mark Costa, Christian Attard, and the uh, early departed Bobby Poulton and Duane Martinez. Thank you so much, guys, for being part of this Bass Players Roundtable. Thanks for having us, mate. Oh, man, it's an absolute pleasure. Yeah, thanks Um, for having us. Yes, thank you. Sweet as. Sweet as. um, Yeah, don't know what else to say. You guys are awesome. I'll just say to Christian, LA, we love you. (laughs) (laughs) We love it. (laughs) Man, thanks for the opportunity. I mean, it's great to hear my my fellow bass players, you know, just raving and and just, yeah, it's just great to have a hang and just talk. It's great. And I hope that the people out there get a lot out of it as as much as I have today. Oh, I'm sure they will. Yeah, as yeah. we have today. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I sure, hope man. I haven't insulted anybody. <laughs> you've, ins- you've insulted so many people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this time next week I'll be fretting. Yeah, yeah the yeah. phone hasn't rung yet. Yeah, you'll be putting that post up. I'm available yeah. on Friday. <laughs> Just do everything, the social media thing, anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah all of it. <laughs> Sell my soul. Yeah. Actually, in the next uh, podcast we should do, we should talk about how great Pino Palladino is. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's do that. We'll do, yeah. oh, There'll be a podcast in itself. Oh. Have I got some stories? Yeah. Well, can we quickly hear the Jeff Bacara story you were going to tell earlier? Oh, yeah, we got okay. Time? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, Jeff, um, his first trip to America was to do a session with uh, Jeff Bacara and uh, they were doing, what was the album you mentioned? Oh, it was Don Henley, right? The Don Henley album. Mm, so he yeah. went over there. So he's kind of like fresh-faced and, you know, bug-eyed and he walks into the studio and Jeff's right there. He's going, hey, man, come over here. Come into this other room. He says, oh, what's happening? He says, oh, you've got to have some of this, man. just makes you relax. You know, it's, it's good for the session. <laughs> Walked in there with a big bowl of hash. <laughs> blocked. <laughs> so I had to break it up. And, and at that stage, you're like, he wasn't even indulging in anything, you yeah. know. And um, he said, oh, yeah, 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 man. You said, yeah, no, no, have some of this, man. It'll, it'll be, it'll, you'll feel nice and relaxed for the session. I hope Pino doesn't mind you, <laughs> with, <laughs> you know, relaying the story. Hello, <laughs> Uh oh, is that Pino? No. It is Pino. Oh. Anyway, that was his first introduction into (laughs) recording (laughs) sessions in LA. I'm so fucking stoned, man. I can't do this. I don't know if I can play now. The song song wasn't The Green Grass of Home, was it? (laughs) Yeah, can we just jam? (laughs) Boom tish. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Oh, there he is. Hang on a sec. Shit, I don't know what's going on. My camera's on. Yeah, hang on. There you are, bro. Hey, hey fellas, what's up? Hey, man. I'm in the dark here. Mark in the dark. Yeah, you too, man. Yeah. Hey, listen, if you're going to lose any of your hair, just send it my way, please. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I I think, think Dono yeah, wants yeah. some of it too. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Awesome. Uh, Thanks so much. All right, um, guys. Hey, pleasure yeah. to chat to you all. Yeah, sweet yeah, same awesome. here. Good on you, man. Thanks, Thank Christian. You. Thanks, guys. Cheers, bro. Thanks, Christian. Take care, buddy. Bye. All right. See, See you, man. Australia. Catch you, boys. 